So hopefully tonight we'll be able to get you some resources on how to get started yourself, because I really think there's a lot that we can do to get ourselves started. And then when we get stuck is a really good time to reach out to a counselor. So we'll put out some resources for you, but unfortunately I don't, and, and I, I don't know of anybody that does. So if you are a counselor watching this and you have openings, send me your information, because I will send you the floodgates. Yeah. Well, um, and then that kind of leads into where we're going to start today. I mean, you're going to, you're going to be hitting this as we talk about how do we love ourselves. Uh, you're going to be hitting this, some as a counselor, but just some as just as, as read a break, as a wife, as a mom, and then just as a, as a leader in general. How do we grow? How do we get better? So let's, let's kind of just talk about why is this issue? Actually, let's start with this. Matt, let's go ahead and go with the verse because um, this has been our theme verse out of why do we love, why are we loving Los Alamos? This comes from Jesus. When they asked him, like, what's the most important commandment? Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. So we started with that in week one. Like, that's your foundation. But all of these things, they work together. Because he, he didn't just say that and then it just ended. He went right on in and he said, the second commandment, they asked for one. He's like, nope, here's the second one, is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And there's, I see three things working in unison there. Like we've got to love God. That serves as our foundation. That's really driving everything that we do at the same time. He's like, you cannot say you love me and then separate that into some other component from other people because I love everybody. They all go together, but we often miss this last piece that we're going to be talking about, which is how do I love myself? And I see all three of these things working in tandem, in unison. They're not these separate pieces, even though we've talked about them in three separate weeks. So let's just, I'm going to turn it over more to you now. What is, why is this important? And then where did you kind of jump in on this journey or maybe a personal story of, of where you kind of figured out, hey, loving myself is an important habit in my life. Okay, so loving yourself well is so important because the relationship we have with ourselves impacts every other relationship that we have in our lives. And if I am operating out of major deficiencies deficiencies, then it's going to be really hard for me to love people or serve them well. Not that you can't do it, but I think the burnout rate is higher. And for me, I know it's not as authentic. So it's so important because it is what's going to unlock what God has called you to do. Okay. So there's some, th there's some things like God's called you to do some stuff, but I'm, if I'm stuck, I may not see that full blessing or the full impact of what God wants me, wants me to do. Or you just, you might have like a skill set or passions that are there, but they're underdeveloped or you're not using them well. Okay. So an example is, um, I first <laughs> saw some of my passion when I was playing dodgeball with some teenagers. And this was, I was a volunteer for the youth group and we were, this one boy, he just kept pelting people with dodgeballs. And I was getting more and more upset with him. And so then I started to target him, just pelting this kid as hard as I could with the Nerf ball. Well, he would not get out. And so much so that I 
hit him, probably right about here, hard enough for it to say nerf backwards on his neck. And he looked right at me and said, you didn't get me. Well, something burst in my brain. And <laughs> I nailed you right there. <laughs> and thankfully, I did not choke him out. I sat down and my team, my teenager team came over to me and they're like, Rita, what's going on? We need you on our team. And I was like, you guys, I'm too angry. I want to hurt him. I have to calm down. Was this the Carver's kid by any chance? No, I, this kid <laughs> will not be named. This kid will not be named. And what it, it just got me, thankfully, the, some of the teenagers, a couple of them were actually like, I'm too mad too. I need to sit down. I need to take a break. And so that one incident, you know, there's a hundred, but that one incident is like, why am I passionate about this? It wasn't just that this kid was being a jerk. It was the injustice of the situation really infuriated me. Uh, this big kid cannot pick on the little kids. And so that is a passion of mine, of to stand up for the little people, to fight for injustices. And it's also to you know, empower the little people to fight back. So I had to go do some more self-searching on like why that was important and how can I speak that well to that person without a dodgeball. Yeah, and I, I mean, just no, being married to you, like this idea of self-discovery, like since I've known you, which we're working on, I think 18 years now, getting close to knowing you for 18 years, it has been something that you and I have dialogued a ton about, um, which we're gonna, we're gonna talk about. What I think one of the main, um, or one area that I, I'm super passionate about and something that I feel like just within the last five to 10 years that I've started to learn, as far as leadership is concerned, when they say some of the greatest leaders, people who you would look at and say, that's a, that's a great leader, one defining attribute that they all have and they seem to excel at is the, the area of self-awareness. Am I boring you to death right now? Am I, is, are we, you know, just this idea of like being able to feel the room and also understand you and under Sam myself, um, noticing I'm angry right now and I want to rip this kid's jugular out. You know, um, how how do we become more self-aware? Because I can be very aware of your stuff, but be totally missing what's happening here. Okay, so two things are coming to mind. So one is getting around people that are allowed to speak into your life, and two is go looking for it. So the first, let's do the first one. Like, if you don't have one to two people that can tell you what's up, I don't know, put it in the chat, like friends. We, we've got to do a series on this or something to figure out how people can get these relationships in their lives that I have people in my life who could come to me to this day and say, Rita, no. And I'm going to say, Ugh, but I'm going to hear them. So having, having people in your life, mm -hmm. but how do those people come? Because I'm like, it doesn't just, does it just happen? No, it does not just happen. Like even in good friendships, sometimes you have like a good connection and you click with them, but even then it takes a lot. Like I get this question all the time of like, why is it so difficult to make friends as grown-ups? And it's because we need so many contact hours. It's hundreds. 
like good friendships start at about two to 300 hours together. Do you know how much time that is? I don't know, two to 300 hours to hang out with my <laughs> friends. So it takes a lot of time to, to really get comfortable and start to share your story with people on an appropriate level. And yeah, let's not dive into that. Well, would you say too <laughs> that it, kind of in that endeavor, a lot, of, a lot of those relationships strike out? Strike out is too harsh, but it, it just doesn't have to work. We don't have to be friends with everybody. And that's okay. And the sooner we can learn that, the better. Um, it's just move, move to the next one. Not that you're not friends with that person anymore, but we have different types of relationships. You know, there are people that I just do this with, and there are people I just do this with. These people that get to tell me what's up, it's a short list. I'm going to say maybe six if I'm including some sisters. Yeah, and I, I heard for those who are married, uh, we had a, a marriage conference a couple years ago. And one of the things I remember in that, he was talking about intimacy within marriage and just being able to have back and forth conversation. And he asked everybody, how, how much time do you think it, on average it is for couples to be in this space where they could just open up and share and I can tell you anything and I'm not really trying to dodge or hide anything. And it, it sounded to me, he, it was like around 16 or 17 years of living together and knowing that person and being in relationship. And like, that's, that's a long time to build that intimacy in that relationship. So I don't know if you're, you look like you're going to say something. Well, if, going back to the striking out. So striking out is too harsh, but where that analogy does work is go try again. Like this friendship or this small group or this family member burned me. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and it will happen again. So gear up, heal up, uh, and then go try to make another friend. Because isolation, man, that is just the worst place to be. That is where we drive ourselves crazy. That's where we start to tell ourselves all these kinds of stories about I'm the only person that's going through this and nobody reached out to me and nobody loves me. I, if you are isolated right now, get, get out. It, even if you have... One person you even sort of like. Talk to them. Well, that's where self-awareness can... I'm gonna, I want to keep harping on self-awareness because I think it's such a huge deal because we may not be aware. We're just like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need a friend. I'm fine. But you could be so much better if you found that right friend and that right connection. And I think all of us might agree with that. And so I'm going to go from loving myself well. How am I going to love myself? I don't want to settle for I'm fine or good. I want to be at my, my best. So I'm going to go searching out for these relationships. Going to take time. Yeah, and so just getting that friendship started, um, there's been friendships that I just said, hey, you know what? You're awesome at this. I want to hang out with you and learn from you. Or there was a woman years ago that she was really gentle. And I don't think that's anything that's, I don't think I've ever been described that way. So I was like, I could use some more of that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I really respected her. She was gentle, but very assertive at the same time. So I said, hey, can I hang out with you and learn more about this, how you do this? And she was like, me? And I'm like, yeah, you yeah. are killing it. She's like, okay. Yeah, I, we find people who were like, I would trade places with them. I want to lean in and learn more. Yeah, your adult children like you. How do you do that? 
<laughs> Tell me more. Sit yeah. down. I'll buy you coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about these hard conversations because you said there's kind of, okay, I got people in my life that can speak. Um, what, are, what are the hard conversations I got to have to be self-aware? The hard conversations are, you know, when I was working with this group of teenagers and it was becoming more and more aware that verse was coming to mind for me of love God and love others. Um, I, I very much had the attitude of, I'll tell it like it is, tough love. I probably said some kind of statement like, if I can't be brutally honest with you, who can I be brutally honest with? And I'm just embarrassed <laughs> of those statements now. And when I hear other people saying it, I'm like, ooh, that's a, there's a lot of damage there. So it was already kind of becoming apparent to me that through some of those close friendships that were just like, hey, you know what? Here's where you're brilliant with this. And you can speak to somebody's heart and you can say it for what it is. And at the same time, here comes a dialectic, my new favorite word. At the same time, here's where you are destroying people. And I was like, ah. I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be helpful. I knew I was being direct. I knew I was being blunt, but I didn't know I was destroying people. And so people who mattered told me that. So I had to take that and sit with it. And what does that mean? What changes do I need to make? And some of those changes were in that stuff of, it would never be appropriate for me to be brutally honest. And especially with you. If, if there's anybody I can't be brutally honest with, it's the person I live with and love the most. Like that's where I need to be the most delicate of trying to preserve a relationship. Okay, we'll dive, I wanna, I wanna maybe circle back to that. But like, what are some, maybe some symptoms or something that I can be noticing or recognizing in my, because I mean, I always have the other person in the room to tell me, yeah. what am I looking for for self-awareness that's like, maybe I'm not in the best shape I think I'm in. And that's not just physical. Okay, so for self-awareness or self-love, some, some symptoms, some things that you might want to be watching out for are, hey, I am irritable all the time. We all get irritable. We all get whatever. But if you're irritable all the time, look into that. Or if you are fighting people who are not in the room, that's a red flag. Look more into that. You are telling yourself a story. They said this, and then I'm going to say that. And this, you, oh, man, that is a bad place to go down. But then, okay, but a hard, like hard conversation, I don't, these are, I'm not comfortable with these dark things in my life. Like this might reveal some things that I'm uncomfortable with. Yes. <laughs> but I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. How do I, how do I shake that out? You have to want it because it is going to be uncomfortable. And some people aren't willing to do the work. And a lot of Christians aren't willing to do the work. That's why we had to do a series on why are Christians jerks? Because just because you know Jesus, it doesn't mean you've moved any closer toward him. Yeah. And he, you have to let him dig that stuff out of you. Of Get this out of your heart. So a, like a leadership principle, if you want to grow, if you want to love yourself, you're going to have to go to some dark places and deal with some things that are within you. Like I just, I'll give you some examples for me. Like in the pandemic, 
I've become more self-aware of my anxiety over the last 20 years. Like, I can just feel it in my chest now. Well, it's probably increased a lot. Well, it has. But at the same time, I have to, you know, I, I just had to, I remember, I was like, I don't have anxiety. I'm not struggling with this. I'm okay. No, I'm not. And once I was able to become self-aware and admit some humbling things, and it's not bad, it's not dark to have anxiety, I just didn't want to admit it, right? But once I did, I could actually start to name it and start, start working on it versus it being in denial. So self-awareness right now, just know you do not want to go there. You, you're like, you know, why am I attracted to that person and always wanting to flirt with that person when I'm, when I'm married? Uh, you know, I don't want to go there and think about it, but if I'm self-aware, I know this is what I'm feeling. Why am I feeling these things? What is it that I want? And move, move forward. I got to have some hard conversations. You do that if you lean in and work, move forward in it, you're going to grow. You're going to help other people. Yeah, and when you have that awareness, then you can do something with it. So, and, and so the awareness is huge and also not judging every single thing. Because just like, let's take that example you just said. All right, you see somebody that you're attracted to. Well, acknowledge it of like, oh, that's a beautiful person. You have a choice to make there. Do I lean in and flirt if that's an option? Or do I run away? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's, I think, especially with that topic, that's, you know, why the Bible says to run it. Because if you flirt with a sin, man, you're going to make out with it. Yeah, so I just, <laughs> it, it plays out in, in all areas. You want to grow in your leadership, but just lean in, look for symptoms. If you need help, have someone speaking in your life. And I, I'll get one more and then we'll move on. Like, it was a couple weekends ago, you are like, I think you need to go... <laughs> Go take a break, Mike. And I'm like, I'm fine. fine. <laughs> She's like, no, it was not fine. You know, it's just like, hey, get out of the house. Go. You're kind of a little bit short with the boys, different things. And you know what? I got out and it was amazing. It was like a vacation, a spa day. You know, and I, a lot of us, we just want to say, I'm, I'm good. I can handle it. I'm okay. And what we've learned in our marriage and as we continue to grow, we got to continue to lean in this because there's just like, Different seasons bring different things, and we got to continue to grow. And the truth is, you were fine. You would have been okay. But I don't want you at okay. I want you at whatever, whatever top cylinders, whatever that verbiage is. I need you at, you know, close to full capacity because you're trying to do a lot and be a lot and help a lot, and you could die real quick. So, yeah, I'm glad you're able to hear me say that and... You can say the same thing to me because if we have to learn how to plan rest instead of <laughs> breakdowns, you know, like there's a perfect book title right there of like, take a break before you have a breakdown. It's not like this badge of honor. We're so busy, busy, busy. And no, I, what I've been doing now in my planner is with a Sharpie, man. I write down climbing or sitting by myself because we're not going to fill in a client or we're not going to fill in something else. If I don't plan to rest, oh, it's too, it's too late. I'm already, I hate everybody by the time I do it. Um, for, for those of you who are online, if you guys are in the room too, if you're finding, well, I mean, we got a lot of topics we're going to go into. So just hang in there. I, we may, we may be here 
for a while, I'm I'm fine because like I want to I want to get this conversation out. But if you think this is helpful, go ahead and just take a second, click that share button um, on there, or maybe you have a friend and you're like this thoughtfully or intent or intentionally just invite them in and say, hey, this is a great conversation. Um, also, just I can see the comments there. If you're liking anything, some of you guys I, I see on there, but the emojis are different things. We can be like, hey, this is this is how we do church and how we motivate the speakers. You can, if you're in the room, you can be like, amen, hallelujah, whatever, like keep us going. But online, when you guys do that, I absolutely love it. You can yeah. smash the hearts and we can uh, uh, see that too. Um, one of the top questions that people ask mm-hmm. It's kind of like rolling back. Like, love your neighbors, you love yourself. But wait, hold on the brakes. If I focus on myself, this is very prideful. This is very selfish. Why does this out of the three get such a bad rap? And is it, I guess, is it selfish? Why does it get a bad rap? It probably has a bad rap because we were taught incorrectly. You were told, don't be so selfish. Don't be so needy. Don't be so blah, blah, blah. Um, so you need to check those and see, is that an accurate statement about me? Because yeah, you could be selfish and maybe you are. Um, but this kind of self-care is again, not selfish because it is what is unleashing me to overflow into your life. So what comes to mind for me is this church. If you and I started Freedom Church out of something that we needed some need we needed to be met. Oh my gosh. Like? Like anything, like like me, I need a job. Just the desperation is, re- what's the word? Repulsive? Repulsive. It's repulsive because you shouldn't have to stroke our egos. It has to be an overflow. Whatever you're doing, whatever job you're doing, whatever relationship you're in, whatever, if you're trying to offer somebody something, anything, it's got to be an overflow or you are going to die. You're going to get so drained out. And so instead, um, it is an overflow of this is such a burden. This is such a burden that we have on our hearts that it, we want it to be, a, we want to offer something different. That's an overflow of what God was already doing in our lives instead of here's a better way or here's a different way or here's a blah, blah, blah. And we just said, yes, it's not about us. Like if we say no, God will just go to the next person that's going to say yes. Yeah. If, I, if I'm taking whatever resources I have and I'm constantly just going out to, um, in a sense, like if I had a glass and I was had it sideways and I'm like, here, drink, take a drink, take a drink, take a drink. Eventually, I'm just going to pour out everything. I don't have any, but if I kind of have it up, it's just overflowing. It's just like this is what's coming out of me. For the sports analogy in me, Super Bowl, we could talk. We'll talk about the greatest. I, I'm a Mahomes fan. I'm going for the Chiefs, but absolutely the greatest, Tom Brady. Is it selfish for Tom Brady to focus on his game, his his skills, and to get ready and prepared? Is that selfish for him? I'm seeing some heads say no. Is it selfish for Tom Brady? To uh, are, are his teammates going to say, hey, Tom Brady, we want you at your best, right? When Tom Brady is at his best, guess what? It overflows into everybody else and everybody else's game. That is not a selfish thing. That's actually very wise. That's what we want. 
That's what your family wants. That's what this church wants. That's what your workplace wants. The best gift, Dakota, the best gift you can give your spouse, your family, is the best version of you. You're going to bring not only your game up, but everybody else's game up as well. Something I'm seeing in the chat is like feeling guilty about taking a break from your kids. And something to challenge that, I mean, I totally feel that. I feel that mommy guilt or parent guilt with you. But just say it out loud. You know, a couple weeks ago, I, my sister asked me to come and sing at this funeral. And I was like, yeah, of course I'll go do that. But I was also thinking, man, that'd be so nice to just hang out with my sisters for 24 hours. And then I was like, I'm going to miss my kids. I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> You've been locked in the house with your children since March. It's okay. And in my head, I was like, a good mom would want to be around her kids 24-7. I brought that out of my head. I said it out loud. And I was like, Rita, you would never, you would laugh at your clients if they said that. Like, that is not realistic. And the truth is, I'm not going to speak for all parents, but I know my kids would be like, please take a break, mommy. You're so much nicer when you've taken a break. And I will tell them that too. Like if we have, sometimes I get cuddled out. You know, I love that my boys love to cuddle. And that is a, the majority of the time, fantastic. But there does hit a point where I'm just like, okay, I don't want to be touched anymore. And in my head, I'm like, you're terrible. You're definitely broken. Mm. But I bring it out and I'm like, it's insane. I'm still a person. I'm still my own person. And these kids are going to leave me. And I have to take care of myself. Yeah. Oh, your sister's on there. That's so awesome. Yay. That's part of that self-awareness, though, right? you got to be self-aware and bring those things out. And just say, okay, this is the thought. This is the feeling. I, I accept it or reject it. you got to take it. That's, that's part of taking every thought captive and being able to do that. That's an exercise and a discipline. The other reason why it's not selfish is because then I don't have to go to you looking to fill my cup. Like, sure, it's not bad for us to give things to each other or to support each other, but if I am coming in with an empty cup to be here with you because I should be, that's what a good wife would do. I'm a terrible wife to hang out with if I have nothing in my cup. You're going to be like, please, <laughs> go, get a massage, come back later. <laughs> no, I definitely like it when, when, you're, when you're thriving. Um, okay, let's, we're, we're kind of going in from, okay, I got to be self-aware. Um, it is not a selfish thing. It's actually a good thing and a beautiful thing to do that. But I, just, I don't believe in myself. That was one of the questions. What do you do when you don't, when you don't believe in yourself? Like I just, I've, I've, for whatever reason, and there could be a, a multitude, how do, you, how do you tackle this idea of having that confidence or belief in yourself to move forward? You have got to figure out how you're talking to yourself because more than likely you are beating the crap out of yourself, saying all kinds of mean things, whether you're conscious about them or not, um, slow it down. What am I saying to myself? Because your brain hears that, your body hears that. It is a, an actual physical thing that is happening in your brain when you're having these thoughts and it makes us sick. So if you're constantly telling yourself, I can't do this, this will never work, I said I would do it last time, this is how I failed last time, your brain is gonna hear you. And so instead, picking a smaller goal. Don't be so black or white, all or nothing. If you say, you know, I'm gonna exercise this month, I'm gonna exercise every single day. 
because that is the new me and that's what I'm going to do. Well, when you mess up because it was really cold last week and you didn't want to go outside and walk, don't say, well, we'll get back to that in the springtime. No, no. Say, let's, um, let's, let's miss one day, but let's not miss two. So go walk in the stairs. You know, that's a great way of let's miss one day, but not two. Let's say you were going to eat better. Well, I ate a cupcake for lunch. Screw this. Let's wait till next week to start over. No, make the next meal better instead of all or nothing. It's okay. That wasn't my best choice. I don't have to wait until tomorrow to regroup. I can regroup with the rest of this meal or I can plan for a better dinner. Yes, small, just small, accomplishable tasks. I, like for me, I, and I, you had said this early, I think maybe last year, but um, it's, it's like I want to read more books. And when I, the thought of like sitting down to actually read a book is overwhelming to me. But you said, just read a page. You don't read the whole book, just read a page. And that's been so helpful to me. I, I can read a page. And that's transferred beyond just reading books. And when I sit down and read a page, oh, I've, I've read a chapter and that's exactly what I wanted to do in the first place. But for me, I, just that thought, even reading the chapter, is very overwhelming to me. Um, there's been a lot for me in this pandemic that I felt like normally I'd be fine. But in the pandemic, I'm like, why is this such an overwhelming task? This is, but it just is. And I'm just like, okay, start small. What can I, what can I, what can I do? And reward yourself, not necessarily with stuff, but just even with affirmations. Literally pat yourself on the back. I went outside today. You know, I did something physically hard before I came here tonight because I was feeling a little nervous. And so I wanted to tell my brain and body, we can do hard things. We can do hard things. I ran in the snow. <laughs> I don't run. I don't run in the snow. But I was totally channeling my inner, inner, inner Tim White. And I was like, I can do this. Tim White. I, do I hard can things. run for 18 minutes in the snow through the forest, because I'm afraid of the forest, being in the forest by myself. So I was doing all kinds of scary things as an exposure. And as I was going, I said, you did it. You're doing it. Keep going. The same way you would talk to any kid that you like. We still need that. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to develop something new. Yeah. So that, I mean, just that belief in yourself is something that it's there. It's real. Acknowledge it. But just small steps over time to help you accomplish that. I would also say... Um, kind of on a theological uh, background of this too, and Becky had mentioned this earlier in the week in one of the comments online, was who do, you got to start with the foundation of who does God say you are? Because I may not like who I say I am or how I feel. Understanding who God is and here in this church, I mean, that's, that's really our foundation. That's why I say come to church. Come to church, join in online, because every week you've gone through hell you're, all, you, you're discouraged, or I don't know what all you've gone through, but we've been going through a lot of junk. I want to give you hope. I want to remind you every single week so you can't escape it just how much God loves you and what he says about you. Now, when I take this idea of I don't believe in myself. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. We've got to touch on something there because so many of our views of God are way distorted. Very, very distorted because of... Um, our upbringings, our other spiritual people, pastors, we think God is like them. And that's, that can really jack you up. <laughs> <laughs> because you're telling me God likes me? 
You're telling me God's proud of me? You're telling me God wants me around? You're telling me God sings over me at nighttime? What? What is this Santa Claus Jesus you're talking about? I don't know what God you're talking about. So you have to challenge what what are my beliefs about God? What, what is the character of God? And where is that coming from? Where is it coming from? Is this true? Why is it true? You have to figure that out for yourself because otherwise that won't work. You're going to have two distorted thoughts of who God is and what his character is. Okay. Um, I, yeah, no, that's absolutely huge. So that's getting you a foundation. But if you're like, I don't believe in myself or I, I don't have the confidence that I can do these things, I've screwed up or whatever. I want to I challenge you and I, this has been helpful for me, of what is the root of that thought inside of me? And that would be, you know what? You're right. Like, I believe in, in you, Nate. I believe in you, Hannah. Like, God's got a good plan for you. Anthony, he's got a great plan for you. Seth, he's got a great plan for you. But me, I just really struggle with believing in me. Plan for everybody else. I can see it for you. I'll cheer you on. But when it comes to me, and I would say, you know what? You're right. You're right. God, for everybody else on the planet, has selected something, but he singled you out. For special. You're special that you have no purpose and no meaning. There's nothing for you. What is the root of that? It's going to be ugly. That's pride. <laughs> the root of that is some pride, which is some ugliness there. And again, we can get into the cycle of like, oh, there's something dark in here. Now I feel guilty. Now I feel ashamed. And that is a, not a condemnation thing. It's just a, a self-awareness thing to recognize what is this. And you've got to do some hard work, really, to go beyond the surface. I don't believe in myself. Surface to, oh, wow, that's some pride in there. Where did that come from? What is that? And how do I move forward? So that's been, that's been helpful for me. Well, and the reason it's pride is because either version, a narcissist or a pity party, either one, it's all about me. It's all about me. What about me? What about me? What about me? It's, that's why. So it's, again, it's not a condemnation thing. It's, okay, what is that? And what do I do with it? And Caroline Leaf has a great um, technique for when you kind of have a thought and you're not sure what's going on with it. She's like, just keep asking yourself why. So... Why, like that, well, I can't use that one, <laughs> but like, I, well, I won't get into it, but when that kid was throwing dodgeballs at them, I had to say, why does that make me so angry? Well, because he's being a, well, why does that upset you? Well, because it reminds me of this. Well, why does that make you mad? Well, because that is a bunch of crap. You are about five or six whys deep, usually, of what's going on there. There's like some kind of hook in your soul that's like, ugh, this is why this is a big deal for me. Yeah. And again, going back to this whole idea of why do we love ourselves, like, this is where the good stuff's at. It's not fun, not easy, but I'm telling you, this is where growth happens. This is where change happens. This is where you, you get better. Because it's there. It's there, whether you want to deal with it or not. And it comes out. Mm-hmm. Whether it, your pride is coming out. Whether you want, I, want to, I want to deal with it in a healthy way. So bring it up. You know, talk, talk to some trusted people about it and say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with and here's where I can kind of maybe think that they're lies but they're not lies because they've been true in the past well just because it was true in the past doesn't mean it has to be true now bring in that team 
You need a team to help hold you accountable and to pull you out of that. You're in a pit, right? Yeah. I think, what is that book? I think, uh, Linda, was it So Long Insecurity, Linda? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one, uh, Beth Moore, So Long Insecurity is the one talking about getting stuck in a pit. And that, that's the visual that comes to mind for me. Okay, let's now... Let's get into this where maybe a little bit more practical because there's a lot of people asking questions about boundaries. I want to start getting better. I want to start making some changes. I want to start having some tough conversations. All of a sudden, I start doing that. We're married. I'm now a different person. You may not like everything, even though I'm getting better, even though I'm getting healthy. I'm going to go take a spa day. Not everyone around you is going to be happy about the changes that, are, <laughs> that you're making to better yourself. Yeah. How do I set a boundary? There's so much here. How do I have a conversation? Enforce it. Let's, uh, you, you're my go-to on boundaries. So I want, to, I want to hear what you have to say. Okay, so first of all, Dr. Henry Townsend, I think, he is the go-to on boundaries. So if this is an area you need help on, look him up. Dr. Henry Townsend, he is the king of boundaries. He has an entire website of classes and books, and he is fantastic at this. Um, the first thing I want to define is my favorite definition of a boundary is it's where I can love you and me at the same time. Where I can love you and me at the same time. Yes. Okay. It's not, oh, I'm going to bend a little bit like this over the fence. It's fine. I'm loving me. No, that's crap. That's, that's not a boundary. So how do we set them? Okay, I guess you, how would you figure out what you need is anywhere you're just kind of like, ugh, or you feel yucky or stepped on or not okay with the situation, that's a, a pretty good sign that you're going to need a boundary. Then if you have somebody that you can talk to, like if, if you're the person I need to set the boundary with, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to use this tool. It's called Dear Man. It's an Dear, Dear Man? Mm -hmm. It's an acronym. So D. Somebody write this down. Is describe. Describe the situation. What's going on? E is express how you feel about it. Using I statements, everybody. Very important <laughs> to bring down the defensive levels. I feel. And then A is going to ask, assert for what you're wanting there. R is reinforce. Here's what you're gonna get out of it. Here's, here's how it's gonna make me better. How, here's how it's gonna make us better. And you wanna be mindful about this because you might try to throw me off. You're gonna be like, you said that last time. You'd be like, we're talking about this topic right now. Stay with me. A is appear confident because if I come in kicking an idea, you know, you might have a great idea for a boundary at work, but if you come in like, oh, I'm not really sure. And you come in and talk to an unhealthy eight on the Enneagram, they're gonna shut you down in two seconds. Be like, she don't even believe in her idea. Get out of here. And then in is negotiate. So go in, directly ask for what you're wanting, tell them how you think it's going to be good, and then be willing to negotiate on it. Okay. Now, what if somebody asks a question about, like, feelings. Like, you may come and how do you, how do you express a boundary without hurting other people's feelings? Okay. <laughs> um, 
Yep, we'll just go there. I think your parents can handle it. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jan, Alan, I love you. We, when we first got married, we were going to Missouri all the time. And we were spending our vacation time and our vacation money to go to Missouri. And some people might think that's a really great destination. For a vacation. For a vacation. but I did not and so we had to have a conversation about boundaries of hey I really like your parents I really do and they can come stay with us anytime they want as often as they want and you can get their numbers this is a true story they can't but I don't want to go to Missouri every Christmas vacation break because this is a built-in that's when you were at the lab it was like a built-in days of vacation if they want to join us in Cancun fantastic yeah. but I don't want to go to Missouri well and we had to have some honest conversations with each other about vacations and budget and what we wanted to do and, and a part of that was just having conversations that we hadn't communicated about and, and, when, and when we were able to flesh it out I was like I want the same thing but I, I, I the point is I'm sure I did hurt your parents' feelings. I probably hurt your feelings, but it was not intentional. I did not go in there blasting you, being like, this isn't happening, this is a bunch of crap. It was, here's, here's I have a dream. <laughs> here's, here's what I wanna do, can we make this happen? And I knew it was gonna hurt their feelings, but you just have to minimize the hurt feelings. There's going to be hurt feelings. So lean into that. And if you're a people pleaser or a recovering people pleaser, you know, delve into that a little bit of like, why is it so important for everybody to always be on my team? You know, one of my favorite things to say is, you know, I'm not for everybody. When a client comes to see me, a new, at the end, I always say, think about it, make sure this is a good fit. If you don't want to come back, fantastic that you know that because this doesn't have to work. And if you don't like me, it won't work. But if you, it's totally fine. I've gone to school to learn how to deal with that. So you text me. You don't even have to call me. You just text me. <laughs> well, I, th- I think a big thing when it comes to setting boundaries is, and this is something I've loved about you that I, I can say this. I've always been attracted to you about this. Like you don't settle and you don't allow other people in your life to, to settle either. And so in order to do that, you got to ask some tough questions of what do, what do I want? You asked that to me yesterday, and I was kind of like dumbfounded. I'm like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I want. Most of us, we don't even take the time to ask those questions. What do I want in life? Not a, not a New Year's resolution. What am I going to do? How am I going to get more healthy? You know, some sort of self-help. What do you want? What, what story do you want your life to tell? You got one story. You got one life. This is the life that God has created for you. What, what do you want? When you go there, then you can start saying, I'm not going to settle. Did I just go out on the mountain? Are we good? Okay. Um, I'm not, not going to settle for mediocrity. I'm not going to settle for good when there's better. And now I can start making some boundaries based off that. Yeah, and I want to clarify because, I mean, you're kind of making it sound like we're just, like, winning all the time or something. <laughs> but that is not accurate. 
um, the idea is to be moving in the right direction. You know, it's, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. And I hope that I can say that my entire life, that until I die, I'm not going to be where I want to be. I'm not going to arrive. And anybody who thinks they arrive, nobody wants to hang out with that person. They're not fun to be with. So you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you were. So as long as you, you know, that's where I want to strive. That's where I want to strive for excellence of, okay, what do we need to learn? What, what's, what book do I need to pick up or plug into my head to get better? Yeah. Now I start kind of asserting myself, maybe setting some boundaries, maybe actually start doing some things. Uh, now I have the concern of what do other people think about me? How do I deal with that when I'm, I'm talking about, how, you know, I want to love myself, but I'm so occupied with what other people are thinking? Okay, first of all, they're not thinking that much about you. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, the second thing is there are people that don't like you. And there are people that think you're dumb or that you made a bad choice or that you're a bad parent or that you're a bad this or that you're ugly, or that you, why do you get to be up there talking? Why do you have the microphone? Why are you singing? There's totally a club that will hate you. And? <laughs> and why? Not everybody gets a vote. Well, let me bring it in from a no, different- not everybody gets a vote. Those people can think what they want to think, and we need to be able to hear truth from some people, but I'm not opening my life for a mass poll because I'm not trying to please you. And if I was, I would not be broadcasting a message on the Internet right now. True, true. Well, let, let's say this. Like, in Amer I want you to be happy. There's the saying that I don't necessarily agree with, but if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So there's a lot of what we'll call Mr. Nice Guys out there that I care about what you think about me. So I spend all my time trying to make Rita happy, which isn't a bad thing until you realize that if everything I'm doing is trying to just cater to you and make your needs, that's manipulation. And now I'm not really loving myself because I'm just... I don't know, codependent, or I'm just doing everything about you, and I don't even get to stand up on my own and see who I really am and who God created me to be. I'm lacking. It's not bad. It's definitely not best. Yeah, and I don't get to have my feelings because now I'm afraid, oh, I can't be upset because Mike can't handle it. Instead, I'm like... You're walking on eggshells. I'm, you know, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done being mad at you. How, how, how many times have I said, yeah, I love you. I don't like you right now. We, we fight <laughs> quite a bit. Not yelling fighting. That's a boundary we have, we've set. What does verdict say? Strong fellowship? Yeah. <laughs> You're not my favorite person right You're now. You're not my favorite person right now. Yes. That's, we can handle that. But we can say that and not be a jerk about it. And it's more like, let's come back to this. So that, while we're on that, that's a huge point of if you're having an argument with somebody, it has got to be okay to take a break. Because the truth is, if your heart rate gets above, I think it's 100, I can't even hear you anymore. So, and I'm going to just be like, blah, blah, saying all kinds of crap I shouldn't be saying. So if you start to get escalated, 
you know, and some people are really good at this. They, they look just like this at 150. It's fine. It's fine. No, do what you want. Oh, dangerous, <laughs> dangerous words to be said. <laughs> um, take a break to say, you know what? I need to take a break and come back. Like you gotta be somebody that's willing to come back and have this conversation. But if your heart rate's over a hundred and a lot of people wear those watches that will tell on you now, I need to take a break. My heart rate has to come down. It'll take 20 minutes. If I'm working with a couple in my office and their phone or their watch tells on them, I'm like time out. We gotta take, we take a 20 minute break because otherwise I might as well just hand them the phone bats to start beating each other. That would be the only good thing that would come out of that session. Yeah, yeah. No, I think a, a big part of leadership, a big, big part of self-awareness, a big part of growth, of loving yourself, how many uncomfortable conversations are you willing to have with yourself or with others? And do it in, a, in an honoring and, and loving way, but you got to go to some uncomfortable, some uncomfortable places. You're already uncomfortable. You're just really used to your discomfort. You like set up a little doggy pad and water bowl and you believe it to be comfortable, but you're not really that comfortable. So stretching, you're just picking a different discomfort. Yeah. I'll give you two quick examples of kind of setting some boundaries and how we do it in our family. You can take it or leave it. But one is with kids. Like we talked about yelling. Like we don't yell, but we don't allow, like if the kids, they, you know, you do something and they're young, they're toddlers, they're going to do their thing. They start yelling. We're just like, we, we don't do that. You can yell. You can go to your room and yell. You can go outside and yell. <laughs> yes. But you will not be in the presence of me and, and be yelling at me. I'm going to set a boundary. That will not happen. And so we kind of just set those boundaries. Now, they're going to, their kids are kids. Your boss is their boss. Your spouse is their boss. They're designed to test those boundaries. Not on purpose. Not on, like, they're being mean. You're like, well, I told you that, and then you didn't respect my boundaries. No, you got to enforce your own boundaries. Right? And, and if sometimes you just need to walk away, you know, depending on the age of your child, you don't need to escalate the situation further. I'm just like, at a minimum, you would not be yelling at me. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we might be yelling at them. Then we're like, why are you so disrespectful when actually disrespect was mm -hmm. actually a, a very valid response because you were acting in a non-respectful yeah. <laughs> manner. Yeah. Um, you can't be yelling at somebody. Respect me. That's... That's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to close this out just with this idea of, like, how do we, how do we stand tall? Like, you know, I'm worried about uh, maybe shame or guilt on my, you know, just for me or my, you know, it could be a body image. There's so many reasons as to why we may not love ourselves so well. I may not like having difficult conversations with myself or with someone else. I hate conflict, but all of this is kind of saying I got to lean in to that. So as we kind of close this out, we'll get to questions here in a minute. Lynn, I don't know if you have any there, and if you have some in the room, we'll kind of close out. But just to round out our part, what encouragement would you want to share with us to say we can do this? Because I, th I believe you're here because you believe you can do this. Yes. There, I've never met somebody who doesn't have something that they're not a fan of. They don't like their nose. They don't like the way their voice sounds. They don't like 
how they are as a person. They don't like this. They don't like that. So just know that, you know, it's a very normal thing to, to struggle with that. But I would just go back to these two thoughts of increasing your awareness and increasing your awareness on how much you're judging yourself because that is where you're going to create an opportunity to do something about it. So when, when it comes up this week, just say I was noticing this. I was noticing that I was judging that person or I was noticing that I was judging myself. And don't overanalyze it. It's not necessarily about making it go away. Judgments can be a very healthy thing and helpful for us. But it's just the practice of noticing it. Like at my office, we'll just say, ding, judgment, judgment, ding, 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 ding. And to be aware of it. That way you're more conscious of the choice that you're making. So be easy with yourself. And this was an excellent exercise that I read get, um, getting ready for this week. And I haven't finished this book, but I think I've read enough of it for a good endorsement. It was The Missing Commandment, and it was on loving yourself, and it was excellent on each chapter gives you things to practice. And one of the things it said was, I'm, I'm going to change it a little bit because I think it'll make it more applicable to everybody. It was, think about a situation that you got hurt in. Now, put your kid or your grandkid in that situation. And they live out that situation. And now you get your kid back. What, does, what do they need? What does your kid need? Because that's what you need. And if you're not giving that to yourself, the wounds cannot be healed. And, and then it's like that saying of like, you know, if you don't heal these wounds and you're bleeding all over people who didn't cut you. Because you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, they did the best they could. No, it's all right. It's defense, defense, excuse, excuse. So that's an excellent exercise of what would they need? You can do that in various situations to kind of figure out that's where I might still be lacking. That's good. That's deep. That's a, like, that's a, like, I gotta, there's a lot to unpack. I want to, to rewatch this um, and work on some things. Um, I want to, before we transition into questions, because people probably have, have some questions for you. With this Love One 2021 event, like we do things throughout the week. It's not just a Sunday thing of freedom. We're going to do some things coming up this week. I, I know for me, like something that's been helpful for me is doing an energy log. I just start logging. This gave me energy to, today. This conversation drained my energy or this person or this time period. I'm finding at two o'clock, I'm just dragging what is that? You know, I'm trying to find some things out about myself, becoming a little bit more self-aware. During the pandemic was anxiety. What is causing my anxiety levels to go high? And I would just write these things down, like different things um, that we can do. You're going to put some links to where we can discover about boundaries, different things. I want to explore these things with you. Seth's doing a, a connect group. You're like, that's not going to solve all my problems, but it's a place to start building community and start building relationships. And we're doing that on a, on a daily basis. So what we're doing here at Freedom, not one thing's gonna solve all the things, but collectively, holistically, I don't care if it's your nutrition, love yourself, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, holistically, everything, your brain. Then love your neighbor as you love, as you love yourself. So we're giving you opportunities to do those things. You don't have to do them. You don't have to do everything, but you can do some of the things. 
Also, we're going to be starting right after in the next month. We're going to be doing a starting point um, event and group. We'll go through the Enneagram. She just buzzed right by. I'm an Enneagram 8. We didn't even talk about it. Would love to, but we'll dive into your personality types. We'll dive into your spiritual gifts. We'll see how does that all flesh out. So this is a, a, a year-long journey. And what I would say for anybody who's been a part of freedom, who has dug in, who has jumped in, who has served, who's come to church, who's like, I'm going to be here and God's going to speak over my life. I'm going to let those things take out the negative. For those who have jumped in, they've seen God. We talk about God sightings all the time here. Where'd you see God? Where'd you see God? For those who have really jumped in, they can't. So I'm, I'm just, I want to say, let's go on this journey together. I want to go on this journey together because I really believe God has something great for you. And it's worth the effort. It is uncomfortable. It's hard. It is hard work, but it, it is worth the effort because you have people to love around you. You know, your family, your friends, your neighbors. And man, our enemy would love nothing more to keep you locked in your head, locked in your house, thinking you're the only one. And that's a lie. So break free and keep fighting. It is worth the effort. Awesome. Awesome. Um, let's take some questions. I'm trying to become a little bit self-aware. I realize we're over time. So if you're in the room and you're like, I got a jet or I'm hungry, like, I'm not offended at all. If you're like, peace out, see you later. We can handle it. Yeah, we can handle it. We're okay. Um, that's part of the, the fun here, which is totally fine. Um, but does, Lynn, do you have any queued up? Yeah, you, you, you got one. Okay. Or if you have questions, you can go ahead. If we, if you have something that's a little bit more specific, you can put it in the comments now. If you have one in the room, just like raise your hand because that's the best way I can see it. And then we'll. There's one right here from Stephen that says, "Is there a line when it does become selfish, on um, on self love of like taking care of yourself?" Yeah, definitely. When it's to the detriment of other people, when it's to the detriment of your budget, your physical budget, your emotional budget, your monet what's that word for money monetary <laughs> your monetary Matt. budget sorry i thought it was a so yeah it can become selfish but get a couple people to hold you accountable about it check in with your spouse and let let them know hey this is what i'm working on because you know pl plenty of times i'll go to mike and i'll be like i'm really in my head about this i need you to say these words to me for you to go and have a great time and he'll say it and then I'll be like, oh, I'm still kind of feeling bad about it. And he's like, well, I can't help you with that. And I'm like, dang it, don't use therapy against me. <laughs> I'm starting to learn and grow a little bit. And, and that's another part, too. Like, I thank God that, and you probably, I will just say you thank God, that I am not the same person that you married. Yes. Like, I have grown up. And there has been so much growth. And, and you should be thankful for the people around you. Like, yes, I am glad they're growing. I'm glad they're learning and leaning in and getting better. I'd be divorced if I was still the person. <laughs> oh God, I, I hate married. who I was. I can't even, can't even <laughs> imagine there's so much. Yeah, I would have left and changed my name. <laughs> um, any, other, any other questions? No? Okay, I'm looking on, on the, uh, the comments. Any other, any other questions out here? No? All right. Well, listen, um, I want to say thank you to everybody for joining, joining in tonight, being here. 
in, in person. I know it's different uh, than what we're, we're used to, but hey, that's, that's life right now. Um, I hope you found this helpful, um, and I hope you found this encouraging. I would love to know what are you going to do coming out of this? You hear all this, okay? What is your next step? And I'm not going to fill that in for you. Like, I think that's a big part of what we do. Like, we say, hey, help people take their next step with, with Jesus, but I don't know what that is. But whatever that is, I would say, do it. Is that, I need to go Google counselors here in town. Like, maybe not get a counselor, but just I need to look up and see where to, where to make that phone call. Maybe it's writing a, a book. Start writing it. Maybe it's I got to quit the job, or I got to start a job, or I got to ask the person out, or what? Some resources, just some names that we can put them in the chat later of like, you can look these people up for great information, like family stuff, um, Dr. Kevin Lehman. If you're more into like neuropsych stuff of like, what's actually going on with these thoughts, Dr. Caroline Leaf, um, that book I just told you about the missing commandment. I can't think of their names right now. Um, and just start to pick one, you know. Uh, don't read a book just to read it. Like, same thing with the Bible. People are like, well, I read the Bible 15 times. And I'm like, I forbid you to read one more thing without doing something. Like, don't read another book until you do, do one thing that the last book told you to do. Like, all this information is not power. It's the application of that information. Yeah, I'm seeing some people put on their, their next steps. I'm liking it. Um, Amanda, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna post something this week on the, she wanted to know about the anxiety log. What I did that was so helpful was I, I did a, a, a thing that just like, these are things that bring me joy, that bring me purpose, that bring, and it could be going to Cancun on a vacation, or it could be something that's just like, I went outside and went on a walk, like just from small to big to cost no money to cost lots of money. But I went through this list and it's been helpful when the times of anxiety, I had this list, I'd be like, these are things that I can actually practically do that kind of get me in a right frame of mind um, and attacks, and really attack some of these things. Energy log, uh, Tara's, she put on there, um, you know, why I'm such a, a people pleaser. And why do I care so much? And that's been hard in the pandemic because for, for people, I'm not saying this about Tara, but people who are empaths, who just feel all the feels, it has been a roller coaster of feelings. And that's draining in and of itself. At the same time, I'm like, you are so needed because you've got a whole lot of people who don't feel anything and they just buzz right on through. We're like, no, we need the feelers. The feelers know what's going on. They can actually feel the room sense what's going on and be a light and a hope. When we feel all those feelings, we're kind of like, I just don't want anything to do with this anymore. I just want to walk away. I'm like, no, you're needed because you can see. So I just, I think there's so much. We'll go ahead. Let's go ahead and, and uh, let's pray. I think that's a good way to close. Do you, would you mind closing this out in a prayer? Rock us with a prayer and then we'll be dismissed. God, I just thank you for loving us, for wanting to know these details about us, for wanting to set us free. I pray that people would step into the freedom that you have offered, that they would be aware of this banquet table of resources and skill sets and passions that you have for each of us, and that we would stop settling 
that we would get up and and make ourselves a full breakfast instead of just grabbing a bagel to go, that we would lean in and get curious. Give us the courage, God, to do that. Um, I pray just protection over everybody who will be diving into this. Um, And again, I ask for courage to lean in. I pray for um, unity in families and relationships that this is going to make them have uncomfortable conversations that you could do it, that the, un- the discomfort will not kill you, it will grow you up, and it will make you, you know, better for the kingdom. Thank you, God. We seal these things in your name. Amen. 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 All right, thank you guys for joining us online. We love you. Grow up, take next steps. <laughs> love you. <yeah. laughs> Get better, love yourself, and uh, let's go love us, Alamos. We'll see you.